Well, if you're excited about the Word this morning, stand, and we're going to honor the reading of God's wonderful Word. Amen. Today we're looking in the book of Numbers, the book of Numbers, chapter number 13. The book of Numbers, chapter number 13. All right, the book of Numbers, chapter number 13. We're going to begin reading with verse number 1. The Bible says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of the Lord, all of them men who were heads of the children of Israel. Look at verse 25. It says that they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel. In the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh, they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, say nevertheless. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and, and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession because we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw, say we saw, all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw, say saw, there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Father, I thank you for your incredible, miraculous, powerful, never-changing word. God, I pray today, Lord, that your word will do what needs to be done in the heart and the life of the people. Lord, challenge us today to live where you want us to live, experience what you want us to experience. Have your way in this place, we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Well, today we are beginning a brand new series I'm calling The Price. Say the price. price. See, everything comes with a price. There's a price to pay in order to acquire good things. And there's a price to be paid for the bad things we do. And even a price to be paid for the things that we don't do. Several years ago, my wife was at the mall with two of our grandchildren, our two oldest granddaughters, Briley and Annie. They were about seven and six years of age. And Grandma took the girls into Build-A-Bear. And Grandma said to the girls, pick out, and we're gonna, Grandma's going to buy you a Build-A-Bear. 
So Briley did hers, and she's the oldest. And then, and then Addie. Then Addie, she reaches up, and she pulls one off of the shelf. And my wife overhears Briley, her older sister, say to her, Addie, put that back. Put that back. That costs too much. Put that back. Grammy doesn't need to spend that much money. Well, Grammy overheard Briley tell her sister to put it back. And Grandma said, Briley, it's okay. It's okay. If, 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 if that's the one that Addie really wants, Grammy will buy it for her. And Briley, about seven years of age at the time, she said, well, she said, well Grammy, she said, I'm very conscious of the cost. Well, the problem with too many people today, they are not very conscious of the cost. You see, if they were, they wouldn't be doing what they are doing. If they were, they, 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 they would be doing some things that they are not doing. Today's message is entitled, The Price of Mediocrity. The price of mediocrity. In our scripture for today, the children of Israel had been delivered from captivity. God had taken them out of the land of Egypt where they had been serving as slaves. And God was taking them to a land that he had promised them. A land of their own. A land of provision. A land of prosperity. An exceedingly good land is how the Bible describes it. But in order to take possession of this land, it would take some effort. It would take some faith. It would take some obedience. In order to get something that you've never had, how many know you have to be willing to do something you have never done? You have to be willing to go beyond your comfort zone. You have to be willing to get out of the the neat little box that you have made for yourself. In our scripture for today, the children of Israel were simply not willing to pay the price to possess their God-given promised land. And because they weren't willing to pay the price, they had to pay the price for not paying the price. You see, there's a price to pay either way you go. There's a price to pay for excellence, but there's also a price to pay for mediocrity. How many is with me this morning? The children of Israel were not willing to pay the price for excellence. They chose mediocrity instead. And oh, what a price they had to pay. This morning I want to suggest four things that it will cost you should you choose to live a life of mediocrity. First of all, let me suggest to you this morning that it will keep you out of some places God wants to take you. If you choose to live a life of mediocrity, mediocrity will keep you out of some places God wants to take you. Let's let's read Numbers chapter 14. Let's go over to the next chapter, chapter 14, and let's read verses 22 and 23. The Bible says, Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test now these ten times and have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who reject me see it. Let me ask you this morning, can you even imagine what it must have felt like for them to hear these words? 
Their dream would not be realized. They had been set free from captivity. They had been promised a a new life, one that would include provision, one that would include prosperity. But because of their own unwillingness to walk in it, they would never set foot in it. What does it cost to live a life of mediocrity? Mediocrity will keep you out of some places God wants to take you. 27 years ago, God gave me a very specific vision and a very specific call for that particular time in my ministry. And I will tell you that at first I became very exciting, uh, excited. Oh, oh, this brought excitement to my heart, excitement to my spirit. Uh, uh, and initially I couldn't wait to do it. Uh, uh, but then I started counting the cost of this adventure. And I started to vacillate. And I'll never forget that God spoke to me and God said, Satan will provide He will provide you with an excuse not to do this. You see, the devil doesn't want us to walk in God's best. The devil doesn't want us to enter into our personal promised land. He doesn't want us us to walk and experience our God-given destiny. I believe that mediocrity is one of the tools that he uses to keep you where you are. Somebody said good is the greatest enemy of great. Good keeps people from great more often than just about anything else. Good places will keep you out of great places. Write this down this morning. To go where God wants to take you requires faith. I need somebody to jump in and help me this morning. To go where God wants to take you requires faith. Look at Numbers chapter 13 and verses 27 through uh, 29. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Let me tell you this morning that the place where God wants to take you is awesome. It's absolutely awesome. God has a place that he wants to take you. God wants to do something in your life. And the place that God, where God wants to take you is awesome. But let me tell you this this morning, and that is, it's not for the faint of heart. It would be easy. It would be easier to live in the place of mediocrity than to take on the giants that stand between you and the promised land. Listen, to go where God wants to take you requires faith. Let me suggest this this morning. That is to go where God wants to take you requires focus. Numbers 13, verse 32 and 33. 
It says, and they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people we saw, notice, we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came uh, from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were also in their sight. To go where God wants to take you requires focus. Let me tell you this morning that Satan will always provide you with an excuse to stay where you are. He will, re- he will create roadblocks. He will create obstacles to try and keep you out of your God-given promised land. Write this down this morning. Obstacles are what you see when you take your eyes off the goal. Obstacles is what you see when you take your eyes off the goal. Twelve spies, the Bible said, were sent to take a look at the promised land, to come back and to give a report to the children of Israel. And the Bible said that ten spies focused on the obstacles. Notice what they saw. We saw the giants there. We saw the Hittites. We saw the Jebusites. We saw all of these ites running around. We saw, we saw all the obstacles. We saw all of the reasons why we can't do it. Ten spies focused on the obstacles. Two spies focused on the opportunity. Ten spies said we can. Or we can't, excuse me. Ten spies said we can't. Two spies said we can't. Listen, to go where God wants to take you requires focus. I'm going to ask you this morning, what are you focusing on? Are you focusing on the obstacles or are you focusing on the opportunities? We could look at Moldova and we could say 97% of people don't want, don't want our message. Or we could look at the Moldova and we could say 97% of the people there need our message. What are you focusing on this morning, the obstacles or the opportunities? All the reasons why you can't or all the reasons why you can. We're talking about the price of mediocrity today. Listen, there is a price to be paid to live in mediocrity. It will keep you out of some places God wants to take you. Number two, it will keep you away from some people. God wants you to have in your life. If you choose to live a life of mediocrity, mediocrity will keep you away from some people that God wants you to have in your life. Numbers chapter 14 again. Numbers 14, let's read verses 29 and 30. The Bible says, The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in the wilderness. All of you who were numbered, according to your entire number, from 20 years old and above, except, say except, except for Caleb, the son of Jephthah, and Joshua, the son of Nun. You shall by no means enter the land which I swore I would make you dwell in. When the 12 spies came back from Scouting out the promised land, there was a vast difference in the reports that were given. Ten gave a negative report and two gave a positive report. Notice it's the same land, it's the same situation, it's the same everything. And yet even though they saw the same thing, they saw the same situation, yet yet, what an incredible difference in the report that was given. 
The children of Israel were forced to choose sides. They had a choice they had to make. Which report were they going to were they going to believe? Would they believe the positive report or would they believe the negative report? Here's what we need to understand this morning. First of all, and I say this all the time, so I'll just hit it and run, but I've got to say it because it fits here and you need to hear it. That is, the people you choose to align yourself with will help determine your destiny. See, see if you align yourself with the cans, you will. And if you align yourself with the can'ts, you won't. And you need to understand this this morning, and that is the can's won't hang around long with the can'ts. What is the price of mediocrity? It will keep you away from some people that God wants you to have in your life. There are some people that God has foreordained, amen, to minister to you, to encourage you, to teach you, to train you, to lift you, to bless you, to help you, but if you choose to live a life of mediocrity, it will separate you from those people. Amen. Those cans will not hang around long with the cans. The reason why I've been here 14 years because I'm surrounded by some cans. If you were cans, I'd have been gone 14 years ago. Amen. It took me about six months, about all of the time. I'm just being honest with you. I just, I'm just telling you. What is the price of mediocrity? It will keep you away from some people God wants you to have in your life. Let me, let me tell you something this morning. God has placed some Caleb's in your life. God has placed some Joshua's in your life. But listen, God will not waste the Caleb's. He will not waste the Joshua's very long if we're not willing to glean something from them. I believe one of the reasons why some churches are so small and have struggled year after year after year after year and pastor after pastor after pastor after pastor is because they're a bunch of cants. And God's not going to put a can pastor in a cant church. Hello? See, Caleb's and Joshua's don't do well in a mediocre environment. Caleb's and Joshua's are only willing to tread water for so long. They're only willing to walk around the same wilderness just so long. Let me tell you what the Caleb's and the Joshua's will do. The Caleb's and Joshua's, they will divide the cans from the cans, and they'll take the cans, and they'll go do something. Understand this this morning. You can't get to where the people above you are if you're not willing to reach up. See, we should constantly be looking above us for a Caleb and a Joshua. Because I personally believe that God has placed a Caleb. God has placed a Joshua. God has placed a leader. God has, le- has placed somebody that is ahead of us in life. He's placed some people above us. And we need to constantly be looking up and be looking for that Caleb and be looking for that Joshua. Be looking for that leader. Be looking for that person that has been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. That person that is far ahead of us in life. We need to constantly be looking up and see where God has put this person in our life. But when we see and we recognize that God has placed this Caleb or this Joshua in our life. We then must be willing to reach up. We must be willing to reach up to them. 
reach up to them and allow them to pull us up to where they are. We're talking about the price of mediocrity today. It'll keep you out of some places God wants to take you. It will keep you away from some people God wants you to have in your life. And number three, this morning, it'll keep you from possessing some things God wants to give you. Wow, this is good stuff. Somebody needs to get a hold of this this morning. Amen? Numbers chapter 13 and verse 27. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And and here's its fruit. Here's the proof of the abundance in the land. Mediocrity comes with a high price tag. It might be the easy way. It might require less effort. But in the end, it will keep you from possessing some things God wants to give you. Today, my wife and I are reaping the benefits of nearly 45 years of giving and going and grinding. June the 17th of this year, my wife and I will be married 45 years. October the 20th of this year, my wife and I will celebrate 45 years of nonstop, full-time ministry. And today, my wife and I are reaping the benefits of those 45 years of giving, going, and grinding. We're we're starting to enjoy the fruits of our labor. I can tell you that in the last 45 years, we have overcome giants. And I could give you names. (laughs) In the last 45 years, we've spent some time in the wilderness. And I could tell you where those places were. And I could tell you that in the last 45 years, my wife and I have planted literally a multitude of seeds. I can't speak for you this morning, but as for me, I refuse to live a life of mediocrity. I refuse to live a life of mediocrity in my giving. I refuse a life of mediocrity in my going. And I refuse a life of mediocrity in my grinding. God has a personal promised land for all of us. Every single one of us, I believe, have a personal promised land. But listen, it doesn't come. It doesn't come without a price. I don't know how you feel about it this morning, but for me, the price of not walking into my promised land is far greater than the price I would have to pay to possess it. Let me say two quick things about your personal promised land this morning. First of all, God's plan for you includes abundance. Say, Pastor, do you have Bible for that? I just have to have some. John 10 and 10, I love the amplified version. Jesus said, I came that you might have and enjoy life. Have it in abundance. Have it to the full. Have it until it overflows. 
Luke 6 and 38, Jesus said, give and you will receive and your gift will return to you in full. Pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap. And the amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Third John, verse number 2, says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Prosper in what? I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. I don't know about you this morning, but I believe in the God of an abundance. I believe in the God of an abundant supply. Not only did he supply, amen, bread and, and fish for 5,000 hungry families, he didn't just supply enough, but when everybody had all you can eat, they gathered up 12 baskets full. He's not just the God of enough. He's the God of abundance. He's the God of more than enough. That's the God that I serve. He's the God of more than, the, more than enough. The problem is too many of his people see him as the God of barely getting by. I don't know how, who you're serving this morning. You may be serving the God of barely getting by. Listen, let me tell you what. I'm not serving the God of barely getting by. I am serving the God that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I could ever ask or think. And eye has not seen and ears not heard. And it's not even entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. Amen. He's the God of an abundance. But understand this this morning. Yes. Yes, God's plan for us includes abundance, but get this second part this morning. God has a purpose for your abundance. Yeah, he has a plan for your abundance. He has a plan for you to have abundance, but he has a purpose for your abundance. Matthew chapter 10 and verse number 8, Jesus said, give as freely as you have received. What is God's purpose for our abundance? Give as freely as you have received. Luke 6 and 38 again, give and it will be given to you. Now most people say when I get more, I will give more. But Jesus said if you give more, you will get more. I say be a giver and God will make sure you always have something to give. 1 John 3, verse 17 and 18 says, If you have enough money to live well and you don't share with others who do not have enough to live well, how in the world can God's love be in you? I want you to understand this morning that people, people who practice mediocre, mediocrity in giving tie God's hands and they stop the flow of God's blessings upon their Life. Listen, this morning when it comes to our money, when it comes to our possessions, God wants us to be a river and not a reservoir. God wants to flow his blessing through us and not just to us. We're talking about the price of mediocrity today. Many aren't willing to pay the price for God's best in their lives, but they fail to understand that there's an even greater price tag attached mediocrity. Let me quickly just mention the fourth cost of mediocrity this morning. That is, it will keep you from reaching the peak of your ability. What is the price of mediocrity? It will keep you from reaching the peak of your 
ability. Numbers chapter 14, verse 35 through 38. Let's read that. The Lord, I the Lord have spoken this. I will surely do so to all this evil congregation who are gathered together against me. In this wilderness they shall be consumed and there they shall die. Now the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land who returned and made all the congregation complain against him by bringing a bad report of the land. Those very men, notice, those very men who brought the evil report about the land died by the plague before the Lord. But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh remained alive of the men who went to spy out the land. See, what we need to understand this morning is that God had plans for all of the children of Israel, not just Caleb and Joshua. It wasn't just Caleb and Joshua that God wanted to give a land that flowed with milk and honey. No, God. God had plans to prosper. God had plans to bless. God had, had places for, for everybody. Amen. It was God's will. It was God's desire that everyone, everyone, not just Caleb and Joshua, but every single one there that had left Egypt to also find their way into the promised land. And I suggest people who settle for living in mediocrity fail to reach the peak of their ability. For the past 15, maybe as many as 20 years, my wife and I have been praying the same prayer nearly every single day. And we've been praying for over 15, maybe 20 years. We've been praying that our latter years will be greater than our former years. Let me tell you this morning that I'm 62 years old and I don't think I peaked yet. i got to be careful. The spirit of Doug will get on me here. I'm, I'm preaching better than you're responding. I will tell you that. Two quick things and then I'm done this morning. Two quick things here and then I'm done. And the first thing I want you to know is and that is there's more in us than we realize. There's more in us than we realize. Psalm 139 and verse 14, the psalmist said, Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. And Romans chapter 12, verse 4 through 8, says that we are the body of Christ. And it says that each member is a different body part. And it says that we should function according to the body part that we are. That's my paraphrase of that verse. See, God has equipped every single one of us to operate far above the level of mediocrity in the particular area in which he has called us to serve. It's not that I'm going to excel in every area of my life. It is that God has gifted me in certain areas of my life and in certain areas of my life when I discover my gifts, my talents, my abilities, and I align my life's work with those gifts and those talents and those abilities, I will not live in mediocrity, but I I will excel. And I'm telling you that God has gifted you. He's put gifts. He's put talents. He's put abilities. And they're strategic and they're on purpose. And God has a plan for you. And he wants you to align those gifts, those talents, and those abilities with your life work. And if you do that, you will not live in mediocrity, but you will excel. You may not excel in every area of your life, but you will excel in that God-given area that God has ordained for you to excel. And give the Lord a shout of praise in his house today. There's more in us 
than we realize. Second thing I want to say this morning is this. To get out of us what's in us requires effort. Romans 12 and 6. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given us, let us use these gifts. There's a part for God to play. There's a part for us to play. God has given the gifts, but he hasn't given those gifts to us in their perfection. He has given those gifts to us with potential. And he wants us to take those gifts and those talents and those abilities, but he wants us to use those gifts and use those talents and use those abilities. And thank God for the various. It says he's given us gifts differing, differing. They're different gifts. My gifts are not your gifts. Your gifts are not my gifts. But I don't have the same assignment that you have. You don't have the same assignment that I have. How we develop these gifts will determine how far they take us. <laughs> Write this down this morning. Successful people do consistently what ordinary people do occasionally. Successful people do consistently what ordinary people do Occasionally, and write this down this morning, triumph is just a little umph added to try. Amen. Can I get some help on the platform this morning? Our takeaway this morning is this. The price of mediocrity is far too high a price to pay. You say, I don't know if I want to pay the price for excellence. Well, let me tell you, you're paying a big price for mediocrity. And I'm not... For sure, but what the price of mediocrity is higher than the price you'll have to pay for excellence. What you'll have to do without because you weren't willing to pay the price. That price might be higher than the price that you were required to pay to enjoy excellence. Amen. Amen. 